Anyhow, we're going to, we'll take a look at that after we finish Judges. I'm, I'm still kind of, I don't know, still trying to figure out if you guys need a break. Maybe we ought to have a couple weeks off or something. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in August. So if you might, you might sign up and you might get a break. <laughs> From the sign up, so yeah, so definitely, yeah, sign up, yeah, sign up, especially for that. Um, anyhow, we're uh, we're in Judges. We're in chapter 19. I'd like to finish up 19, although I've got quite a few things to to discuss with you. So it'll take us a little while to get through it, and especially if uh, if we get into a discussion beyond uh, just my my talking. But um, in Judges 19, you'll remember, this is the second of two closings. Judges is kind of unique. It has actually two conclusions. The first conclusion was the conclusion of, of, remember, of Micah uh, making idols, stealing from his mom, making idols, and then the tribe of Dan goes off and steals his idols and his priest that he... Uh, you know, buys his, uh, and they take him off, and they set up an idolatry, uh, idol worship up in uh, in Dan, uh, the city of Dan, which they uh, Lakish is, I think, the name of the town that they t- they destroy and, and rename it Dan. They set up idol worship there. They become the first tribe of the twelve to certainly go off into idolatry as an entire tribe. Um, so that's the clo- conclusion of the first conclusion. The second conclusion is the one we're in right now, 19 through 21, in which we look at uh, the, uh, the, not only the spiritual condition, but also the, the uh, moral condition of, uh, of Israel. And remember, we've, we have inclusios, or what we call bro, uh, bookends. We start with 19, verse 1, where it says, In those days there are no king. There is no king. And if you look at the end of Judges, chapter 21, the very last verse says, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did which was, that which they saw was fit. So everything in here is, is an inclusio, if you will. Everything has of, of great support, of great interest to us. Remember, in in writing in in the time of of uh, of Israel's writing this, uh, and throughout most of the Old Testament, inclusios are simply bookends, and everything that it, it props up the information. And, and when you find it, you go, "Oh, it started here, it ended here. Maybe I need to re- rethink this area, this information, because it's important." Uh, and it's one of the ways that the writers indicated importance uh, in in Old Testament times. So that being said, we remember in in uh, chapter 19 we have a Levite. He's not named. No one is named until we get over to chapter 21. Some of you have, have pondered the possibility of well, this is just a uh, just a, a symptom. Maybe this isn't a real story. Maybe this is a, an amalgamation of stories. I think that there might be a lot of stories that are not included in Judges, but the, the writer has chosen specifically, I believe, this, and I believe this is a real instance because the end result of this is that Israel goes to war with Benjamin. There's a civil war, and, and Benjamin is almost wiped out totally as, as a tribe, which becomes an issue 
for uh, for them, and then they try to figure out, well, how do we get around that? And so we'll get to that at the end. And it's interesting how uh, they kind of somewhat create the problem, and then they kind of somewhat solve it on their own, always rarely going to God to get the information they need. Should we go to battle? Well, you know, they've already decided they're going to go to battle. Their decision is whether or not to, who, who should go up first. And then we'll see, we'll, we'll hopefully get into that maybe this week. We'll see. So anyhow, we're in chapter 19. The Levite uh, has had a situation. There's been marital strife of some sort, and his concubine, second-class wife, we've, we've decided that that's what a concubine is, goes off and runs home. Now, is she promiscuous prior to going home or only because she gets home? And, and she starts to become promiscuous. We don't know, but we're, we're told that she, it appears that she plays a prostitute. She becomes a prostitute at some point in time. At least, uh, uh, you know, uh, engaging in, in uh, illicit sex outside of marriage. So at some point, her husband goes and woos her and tries to bring her back. It's only been four months I don't know if somebody needed a, a cooling-off time or what, and perhaps we don't know who it is, but there's a cooling-off time. He comes down there. Dad seems to be very happy that he's there, and he's incredibly gracious as a host. He takes care of this guy, and for three days they feast, and they have a great time partying. And then the Levite decides, he says, well, let's go. It's time for me to go home on the fourth day. The, the father-in-law... Uh, talks him into staying uh, for another day. Um, he agrees. The Levite then decides the fifth day I'm going to go home. Uh, his father-in-law again pleads for him to stay, have a, a great feast. Let's have some more food and some wine. Let's have an enjoyable time, and you can go the next day. And finally the Levite says no, and so he leaves late in the day. Bethlehem is only about four miles from Jerusalem, and by the time they get to Jerusalem, uh, we are told that the sun is starting to set, and they uh, and they decide that uh, they're not going to go to Jerusalem because at that point in time it was a city that the Jebusites, a Gentile nation, was uh, living there, and so uh, they the Levite says, no, 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 I want to stay with Israelites because they're going to be, take better care of us. So they push on. They, they think about two different places to go to. One is Gibeah, which is about another four miles or so north of of, um, uh, of Jerusalem. So they've only traveled about eight miles. They get to the city just as the sun is setting. They go into the public square. The public square the, the, and the, the well is where they should be greeted, and people should take them in. This is the typical way that, that uh, and, and, and normal for that time of that area era and that t- uh, place in the world that uh, uh, hospitality is a big deal. In fact, it's such a big deal that in the New Testament, it says that if you're going to be a pastor, that one of the things you have to show is hospitality. So uh, it's still... A prevalent in the New Testament time, and we'll talk about that maybe in the in the coming uh, days as well as we get into uh, uh, Philippians and Colossians in the in the future. So uh, they go there; they're not taken care of, and they're, they're they've got 
food for their donkeys, they've got food for themselves, and they've got wine for themselves. They're going to bed down in the square. An older gentleman comes in who is also uh, from uh, uh, from Ephraim, which is where this Levite was living, is in Ephraim. They were they talk, and he says, don't stay in the square. Come and let me take care of you. In the midst of that, we got into the fact that the, the men of Gibeah decided that they were going to uh, demand that uh, the, the Levite come out, and they were going to have sex with him. They were going to uh, have, I guess, gang sex or gang rape or who knows what, some sort of a situation with males, between males. There's a plea. Uh, the host says, don't do this, this is a wicked thing, and we need to uh, refrain from doing that. And uh, the, uh, the men, and, and this man, this, this uh, uh, Ephraimite who's living in Benjamin, offers his, his daughter, who's a virgin, and the concubine as, as substitutes, which sounds an awful lot like what happens in Genesis chapter 19, where Lot is uh, hosting uh, several men who turn out to be angels. Uh, they're there to warn him about the destruction that God is going to uh, place on Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, and the men of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah demand that, that these men come out so that they can have an intimate relationship with him as well. The word know, to know someone is... Um, uh, I'm losing the term. A euphemism. Thank you. That was the term I was looking for. Euphemism for having sex uh, in the in the Old Testament and often in the New Testament. It says that he went in and knew his wife, or they, you know, that's a a a, uh, a way of saying euphemistically that that they've had sex. Much like in the New Testament. Think about this. In the New Testament, euphemisms is not are not unknown. Think about it in the New Testament when we refer to somebody who had died. How do we refer to them? We refer to them as having gone to sleep. All right. So uh, this is a typical thing that that uh, euphemisms, uh, and we use that often today, don't we, for certain things. We we come up with all kinds of words because we don't want to say whatever that word is, um, and so we come up with a different way of saying it. Sometimes for our, for our, uh, it's a positive thing. Sometimes it's a negative thing that we end up doing that. So anyhow, that's where we're at. <clears throat> They're pounding on the door. They're demanding that the Levite uh, that the Levite come out to them <clears throat> so they can engage in sex. And we have here three major violations going on in social and moral laws. One, the law of hospitality. You protect the people that you host. They're under your protection, not just the males. It's supposed to be everybody. Everybody that comes in under your, under your house or into your tent, you're supposed to protect them. We see evidence of that, even remember the movie that, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it wasn't that long ago where there was a Marine, or no, I'm sorry, he was a, a SEAL or something or other that, that, that was in uh, Afghanistan and a particular town, uh, a family took him in and the entire town stood up against the Taliban because of that. True story. True story. And lone why? Survivor. Lone survivor. Thank you. So the lone survivor is is a is is there's still that issue of protection that goes on in, in at times in certain parts of the world, especially in the Middle East and extending on over into 
Afghanistan. I don't know if Afghanistan is considered the Middle East or not. It's kind of a, I don't know where, Central Asia. So anyhow, it's there. It's something that happens. And so the law of hospitality is is broken. The issue of, of intercourse outside of marriage is a huge deal that happens and and with that you're su- Siri just decided to get screwy on me shut down Siri thank you um, and uh, and so uh, they break that commandment which is given to them in the Torah right the third one is to not have homosexual sex and that's also in the Torah and they break that one so there are ma- three major breaks Three major laws that they violate in uh, in God's under in well, the understanding. Also, they end up killing this woman. Murder would be. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's and that's where we're kind of heading towards. Is that the, is that this crime is is you know they, she seems to be alive when they are done with her. If to, to shorten the story, the Levite decides makes a unilateral decision. He'll just give him his concubine. And the next morning, she is found laying down at the threshold of the house. They've finished her, finished using her for the night, and they've left her. Now she's alive enough to crawl to the house and get to the threshold in which her hands are on the threshold. We're not told whether or not she died, <coughs> or whether or not uh, the Levite kills her because as we get to the end of chapter 19 we're going to find out that when she when the Levite gets home with his concubine that at least at some point she dies and he cuts her up into pieces <clears throat> by the way is this in mind it says he, when she was unresponsive he puts her body on one of the donkeys which oh, we're not we're not we're not told for sure whether or not he is guilty of killing her or whether or not they killed her. Regardless, she is she dies as a result of this action. Um, the cutting up. Well, in fact, let's do that. Let's read uh, verses uh, twenty uh, twenty two. Why don't I just do this for us? Uh, while they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city uh, surrounded the house. They pounded on the door, shouting. Uh, to the old man who owned the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. And the owner of the house went outside and said to them, no, my friends, don't be so vile. Uh, since this man is my guest, don't, be so, uh, don't do this disgraceful thing. Look, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I'll bring them out to you and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But, don't, uh, but to this man, don't do such a disgraceful thing. It's interesting how we decide what's disgraceful and what isn't. <laughs> this man's morals are screwed up as, as the guys the, the guys that he's talking to. They're just screwed up differently. <clears throat> but the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine, and we assume that by this we're talking about the Levite, and sent her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn they let her go. At daybreak... The woman went back to the house, so she's still alive at that point, where her master was staying and fell down at the door and lay there until daylight. So does she die there, or does she die as a result of the the Levite cutting her up and killing her? We don't know. 
What we do know is that when the master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue his way, there lays the concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house, and her hands are on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let's go. Really? <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? This man is, man is really tactful. But there is no answer, and then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine, limb by limb, into twelve parts, and sent them to every era, all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it said, Such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the days the Israelites came up from Egypt. Think about it. Consider it. Tell us what to do. We're going to get to that and hopefully in just a little bit because that just cracks me up. Um, so, this so man... In, uh, verse 28. Yeah. The way you read it, uh, it didn't use the term body. That's correct. And mine uses the term body in 28 and 29. So correct. So he put her body on his donkey and took her home. Yeah. And when he got home, he took a knife and cut her body into 12 pieces. So, yes. So what you have again is an issue. In an issue, you have this issue. Remember that of the two translations we've used that I've read, I've read from, and you've read from, yours is even less uh, word for word than than the new, the NIV. And so they're looking for uh, dynamic equivalence in it in the, in it. And so someone made some assumptions, and they might be correct. You know, yeah, that, that she died. That. I got an old King James. It just says that uh, she wouldn't get up and put her on the donkey. In other words, according yeah. to how alive you read it, she's alive. She's either alive. Well, the issue is we don't know whether she's alive or not, but at some point she dies. Perhaps she dies on the way home. Perhaps she dies. she's dead in the morning. We're not told. Uh, perhaps the Levite kills her. We don't know that. Uh, it would appear that perhaps his anger in, in 20 could seem to indicate that she died not by his hand because he's mad that she's dead, uh, at least as we get into chapter 20. So it could be that we're the, the best assumption is that she dies as a result of being u- misused throughout the evening. Then there's, there's no further mention of the man's daughter. No, she never she never gets added to the mix. Yeah. Well, they had offered her. Well, the only one they put he offers to put them both out. But what happens is is just one. The Levite appears to send his concubine out. That's the only thing we're told in twenty twenty five. But the men, the men would not listen, so the man took his concubine and sent her out. And they raped her and abused her throughout the throughout the night. So they are violating both the hospitality. They're violating her as a result of sin of 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 uh, basically the sin of a, of a of promiscuous sex, fornication, if you will. So it's interesting that they are. Uh, it's interesting that the Levite appears to choose to sacrifice her dignity and her body in an attempt to save himself. It appears that he throws her, you know, instead of doing the right thing, he ends up throwing her to the, to the wolves, if you will. This uh, 
custom of protecting a visitor at all costs. Is that part of the Torah, or is that just part of the culture? It's a part of culture more than Torah. It, it's, it seems to be implied. It's implied in the sense that the Torah says that when you know aliens come into your mix or strangers, you're you know you're supposed to treat them a particular way, treat them like you treat yourself. But it isn't so. It isn't so obvious that you know that the law says okay, you must take them into your home. Uh, but that is the custom because again, in those days, it's very unusual that you have inns. It was pretty unusual in the time of Christ that there's an inn in Bethlehem. That's not not every town, not every village. There's that has parable that. too in the New Testament where Jesus says, you know, the person that doesn't take someone in, knocks and hey, get away, we're asleep now. You know, um, it, it, that it was in the uh, New Testament must have been common. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's just the right thing to do. Hebrews, Jesus mentioned it in the parable. Hebrews mentions that we should be hospi- uh, we should be hospitable to people because there are times uh, we're yeah we're we are uh, hosting angels which would be kind of well, when was the last time you had some you know I've had some people I didn't think were angels that have been in my house but you know uh, I, I, if they were they were definitely fallen uh, and but th- there have been times. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Uh, so anyhow, there, it is interesting that this is paralleled in 1 Samuel because Saul does this as a call to arms for, his, uh, for the nation of Israel in Samuel 11, but, 1 Samuel 11. But what he does is he cups, cuts up an oxen. He doesn't cut up a, co- a concubine. So, but it is interesting that this cutting up and sending parts out is something that... It happens again, in, uh, but not quite as dramatic. So they send out, uh, he's, he's uh, uh, you know, we've talked about was the man dead, or was the woman dead or not. And again, as I said, the Hebrew text is not clear in verses 29 and 30, whether uh, the Levite simply dismembers the corpse or whether he himself murders his concubine in a fit of rage, although my my reading on this is by the time you get to 20, the fact that he seems to be really upset about the death of this woman is um, uh, it seems to indicate that perhaps she was dead and that he is uh, uh, upset about it. So, um, just vaguely upset? Well, I, you know, perhaps it's, well, because, you know, I, I let, I told her, I told you you could use her. I didn't tell her you could kill her. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying this is, this is good, honest, spiritual, moral. I, I, I'm saying, no, it's not that. It's pretty bad, you know, when you think about it. So, you know, and it says they knew her, and in, in the Hebrew, uh, they literally abused her, and then at dawn, it's the, the word that could be better translated, they discarded her. So, I mean, we're talking about degradation of the worst sort in, all, in every aspect that they've done to this woman. And she's done nothing wrong, at least nothing wrong in the travel that we're aware of. You know, whether or not she runs off because 
he, the Levites abused her or whether she's unhappy or whether she misses home. I don't know all that. And whether or not why she plays the prostitute, that we're not told. But apparently she's, you know, her husband apparently treats her like she's a prostitute, which is horrible. Uh, and this is not something that, that anyone would say this is what you should do. I just thought I'd let that I'd let you know that. Okay. She's considered a secondary wife. And, and I'm Mm-hmm. Is, is that is that a uh, <clears throat> is that the way is that the way God planned for that to happen? No. I mean, is, you know, is, is that just the abuse? Is that what the Bible teaches—a patriarchal society that women are under the thumb of men? Is that what the Bible teaches? Yeah. One says yes. Okay. No. no. Someone else says no. We have a book for you. We talked about this two weeks ago uh, in the, the term that is used in Scripture of the female when she is ma- made by God and she is given to Adam. Eve is given to Adam and, and it is said that she is to be his, in, in the he- Hebrew, or in the uh, uh, King James it says helpmeet. Uh, in, in Hebrew it's azer and azer is a term used primarily of God as a defender or someone who is a helper who comes alongside uh, a a, kind of a warrior yeah (laughs) so you have here uh, you have here this picture of of what if you know the female is supposed to be a an equal partner if you will although uh, again we, we start talking roles versus partnerships and that's that's a whole different story. But she is supposed to be a, a partner to uh, to her husband. Uh, it's kind of interesting that apparently some of the husbands thought that they couldn't get along with just one partner. They needed multiples in the Old Testament. But anyhow, that's a whole other story. I, I think it's because of culture it seems to be making women yeah. uh, a secondary person. Yeah, I think that what happens is the result of the fact that you're looking at a culture that's unique to, and it's not necessarily unique in that area. It's it's unique in the sense that females provide children. Children are what makes you uh, eternal in in many sense. Your your name continues on. It's also strength because nations, the more people you got, the stronger you are. Correct. Not only as a nation, not only as a nation, which is really important uh, on a on a, a global picture, but on an individual family picture, if you're going to farm, which is the majority of the, of the folks that are agriculturally you know, inclined, that's how all of throughout most of this, this time frame, agriculture is the main source of business. Uh, secondary to that would be that, you know, we've got uh, obviously people that make uh, pottery and, you know, there's a butcher and there's, you know, there's all these various other things that, that happen. But the mainstay of what drives the economy is agriculture. And if you're going to have agriculture, how are you going to get your crops in without having to pay somebody? Oh, I know, family. The larger the family, the, the more you can farm. And the less you have to expend on paying somebody to come out and do a day's wage. 
Now, sometimes those farms got pretty big. Remember, Jesus talks about a parable about a guy who goes out and has to hire a bunch of people to, to bring in the crops. You know, he goes out several times during the day, and then, he, you know, the people that are there for all day versus there for a half a day, and then some are there for only an hour or two. He pays the, the, them all the same wage, which, you know, is kind of an interesting parable and story. They didn't have a good union steward. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. No, I yeah. also read that yes, sir. God come to find another purpose is being a servant to the actual wife. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for a servant, think about this. Who is uh, who is Hagar? Sarah's, Hagar. Sarah's handmaid. Sarah's handmaiden. So basically her servant, servant. right? And if, if, a, if a female cannot have a child, barren females were considered... You were not doing your job, okay? Regardless of what we say today about that, that was, you know, it was important that, according to Genesis, it was important that that they populate the earth and that uh, and that is the, the job, one of the jobs of the female. Uh, obviously, males can't seem to have children in general, um, at least not yet. Who knows what evolution would do, right, Gary? Maybe we'll have some... So in Genesis uh, 1.27, as God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. So female are in his image as well. They're not second class or subservient. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm just saying that the way that these women seem to be treated in what we're reading right now, if I was a female at that time, you you would not have wanted gotten married, which would have, you would have had no say in the matter. Well, Just well, saying. Yeah, well, I understand that too. <laughs> but I probably would have been fighting somebody on a regular basis, and maybe I put together my own crew or something. Well, know? it's fair to say, as anxious as her father was to get rid of her, and the fact that they entered that relationship, she may have been undesirable in some way that he couldn't get her married off. So. Well, again, uh, where I was headed with concubine and, and, and Hagar is that it was a custom that if a woman was barren and she had you, uh, she had her husband uh, impregnate uh, a servant girl or a concubine, a handmaiden, whatever, that at the time of birth, uh, the, the barren woman would hold the woman that was giving birth in her lap and so the the picture, the symbol was that she was birthing this child herself through the surrogate. So the idea of surrogate parenthood goes back a long, long time. Yeah. A couple of uh, interesting thoughts about this episode that raised some interesting questions. How could the host offer his own virgin daughter and a guest concubine to a mob? I mean, how, how does a guy do that? You know, and especially his own flesh and blood. Yeah, it's just totally marginalizing females as being almost worthless. Yeah. It's just the effects of sin. Yeah. I, I think this basically shows that you know, man left himself, there's no end to how far he can go. The canonization of Israel is complete. This is this is canonization at its, it's, at its best. I think it's man without God. 
which, by the way, is one of the things that comes out of when you think about it. In those days, there was no king in Israel. We're not talking just about a physical king. We're also talking about a spiritual king. The spiritual king is not being obeyed and is not being allowed to reign on his throne. And so he and so the, the, the Israelites are going willy nilly doing whatever they think is right, regardless of what their spiritual king has told them to do. So I'm learning too, I was thinking about talks about this guy being a Levite and what are we? Yeah. Yeah. We're priests, right? Yeah. So can you get distorted in some of your thoughts? Oh big time. Oh, big time. So here's another... Yeah. You're, you, you know, you're starting to compare yourself to this guy going, you know, I'm a lot better than this guy. <laughs> I, I'm looking for... Yeah. So it's, it's like comparing yourself to Adolf Hitler. You know, you're, you know you're in good... You know you're better than him, but, you know, you compare yourself to Mother Teresa, not so good. You know, it just doesn't add up. And But then we compare ourselves to the real person we should compare ourselves to, which is Jesus Christ, and we are woeful, all of us, regardless. None of us are. Uh, so my next question is, how in the world does a Levite thrust out, even if, it's, even if this woman is a concubine, how does he give her over to all these people that are, that are out there to just, I just really struggle with that. And, and here's another question. Why is it that these men are satisfied with her when they came there for the express purpose of having sex with a man? How, how do you how do you go from oh I'm going to have sex with this guy he's a good looking guy to going well okay fine I'll use this girl. Well, yeah, doesn't. I think he's going with a bigger question than just sex and attraction. Rape and violence. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the the power holding, intimidating factor. They they want to rape somebody and beat them. So, uh, so you know, and you know the uh, the old guy that brought him in knew that apparently knew. Happen. Yeah, apparently it would seem that he knew what was going to happen if they stayed in the square. The square, they was going to happen regardless. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what is what that was like? We're talking about the fact that they were in a place that was. Oh, it was a Hebrew city. That was the issue. They chose to go to a Hebrew city versus going to a Gentile city. What did we say about that? What did you say about that earlier? Yeah, I thought you said something about it that it wasn't something where they would normally go. Well, they were they would normally not go to to the Jebusite city. He, the, the the Levite said, "Let's don't go to Jerusalem because at that point it was a Jebusite city. Let's go on to our own kin. Let's go to to into Benjamin." So they go another four miles over and they get into the area where Benjamin is. And so now you've got the Israelites. These are the good people. Supposedly <laughs> the good people. Yeah. Here, here's another thought that, that just comes to my mind. Where was the Levite? When all, this was probably going on right outside the door. How, how, do you, how do you close the door and go to bed and get a good night's sleep? I'm glad I'm not out there. I'm glad I'm not inside either. I, you know, I gotta believe. Well, it has to be someplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point. Yeah. What? Well, I, I just, you know, and and then why is there no remorse? Look at the way he treats her at 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 the beginning of the day. Okay, get up and let's go. 
Seriously? Wow. I, you know? Now, to answer your question about whether or not she's dead or not, um, there are some translations. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the Septuagint, which again, remember, is the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uh, writes in the uh, in there, it adds the word, she is dead. Which is the Greek, uh, you know, again, the Greek translation, the, the Vulgate, which was written by Jerome, remember, for those of us who went to Israel, if you ever go to Israel, in, uh, were you in the, the, the area where, the little, the little area where he wrote? Okay, so Jer- Jerome is in, uh, uh, I think it was Jerusalem, I think, and he sits down and he writes, he translates the, Vulga, uh, the, the Bible into Latin. And in there he, he tends, he chooses to use the same testimony that she is dead as a result of this. Uh, we're not sure in the older translations and in the, the more direct Hebrew translation, we're not, we're, uh, orig- we're not, we don't see that indication. But it is an indication that is used by uh, several uh, early translations of scripture. So, uh, on the end, and this is a kind of a long way, you see we're going to barely get through 19. Um, that's okay, that's all right. When you look on the surface of the story, you think that it's a story about hospitality, but it's a whole lot more than that. You know, ethically, this story, this, this story talks about unrestrained lust and, and the depths of human depravity. Uh, the fact that, that she's a, a woman in a man's world uh, shouldn't, you know, this world is, is, is full of depraved men and women uh, have no protection as a result of that, especially not against male exploitation or violence. And it's true today in many instances. Even within the church, and that's yeah. the whole point. This is Hebrew in Hebrew, which should be a whole different story. Yeah. It's not. It's just so right out there, and you can't miss it. And it doesn't matter that these were the chosen ones, because this is as bad as any Gentile, you know. For a good modern-day analogy is the pedophilia in the church. Yeah. Again, yeah. children who are even more defenseless, uh, victimized by the priesthood. Yeah. And then covered up and protected by the organization. And and unfortunately, we can't say that it's just the Roman Church. This this goes on every church. Every church. Well, yeah, every church has its problems. I mean, I I was involved in a I, I was involved in in investigating a youth pastor who had. Um, yeah, thank you. No, I, I've never, I've never done that. Uh, I, I'm guilty of a lot of sins, but that's not one of them. Uh, which doesn't mean a whole lot because since God views all sins as pretty much the same, I'm still pretty much. Yeah. But uh, he was having an affair with uh, one of his, the teenagers that he was uh, working with, one of the girls, and. Uh, yeah. Did he go to jail for that? No, as a matter of fact, he didn't. Um, 
Probably should have. Could have. Probably should have. But it was the the family was very high up in the church, had a lot of political capital, so they and their friends swept it under the rug. But we did get rid of the guy. And we tried to make sure that he never had another job as a with teenagers. You know, he stayed in the area, but so yeah, it it does seem to be the typical organizational behavior, whether it's a church or a university, is sweep it under the rug, cover it up. Yeah, and I it, and and we had just gone through we had just lost our senior pastor just several months before to a similar situation, although it was with a an adult woman that he was having an affair with her at the same time he was married with his wife and children, he had her, and they were going around gambling with the church money. And that was the guy that hired me, and I liked him. <laughs> Which, what's that say about me? Yeah. And I'm the guy that's investigating. It's like, oh, geez, this not, not, you know... Which just goes to show that, that we're all capable of doing some really vile things. Here's a similar story I thought about this one time. I've seen stories that think of the Levite, think of what these guys are like. His, take the woman and abuse her. Here's his assumption. They won't abuse her. They don't want they don't want That's an interesting take. I'm, I'm just telling you, I think it, that's an interesting how take. How hard can somebody's thought process go? You know what? I got this figured out. Yeah, it won't be that bad. Right? No, it won't they, be won't, they won't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, just say, here, I'm going to bring them up here. Yeah. You can just use them and do whatever you want to. No, I'm just saying, no, my son. Well, well that, was, that was the host. That was the host. That was the host. But the, the so, Levite just goes. Some guys will be the head of a brothel then. <laughs> I know that some. You talk to people sometimes and you say, how did you get to there? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It is interesting. You know, it, it's, it's <laughs> interesting because it, you're looking at it from a different perspective. And I learned something this weekend. I was talking to my son-in-law who has some different political views than I do and things. And he said something and I go, huh. <laughs> I never looked at it from that perspective. Now, I'm pretty sure he's never looked at it from my perspective either, but that's a whole other story. Uh, you know, and I thought, huh. And then I thought, I wonder how often I don't look at it from somebody else's perspective. And would that change the way I... Nah, I wouldn't change the way I think. It just changed, it just changed my perspective, though. You know, and, and maybe make me a little more understanding of people. So I think one of the pro- potential problems with this passage is that we're, we're talking about a social system in which men rule over women in the worst possible ways. Uh, they sacrifice them for their own interests rather than providing responsible leadership and sacrificing themselves for the best interest of the women. I think that it's 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 tempting to interpret this passage as primarily a commentary on the abusive violation of male power and honor, uh, and get nothing else out of this story. 
I think if you do that, I think you do a disservice to what the story, the overarching story is of, of Judges. Because the broader goal of this book is not simply to talk about the mistreatment of women and the patricide, patriarchal society of men that rule over women as much as it is to show how Israelite is continuing down a path of canonization in which canonization involves a variety of things but the four of the most heinous crimes it involves is homosexuality, rape, adultery, and murder. Oh, and by the way, all four are capital offenses in God's word. All four of those really are capital offenses. Yeah, all they four of them. should be dealt with. That's it. Yeah. Now, of course, also, we were supposed to deal with, you know, rebellious teenagers the same way, which, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and my kids are, are, are lucky that we're not under law, you know. <laughs> it been a few times. <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing that's interesting is I'm pretty sure they they violated most of them. Yeah. Now we have the advantage of you know Israel has the advantage if they want to get things right. What do they do? They go and offer a sacrifice, and it basically pushes the penalty and the punishment forward. It covers it up and pushes it forward until finally God says, "Okay, the blood of bulls and goats and sheep." Don't cut it. There's only one thing that cuts it, but it has to be blood, but it can't be the blood of animals. It has to be the blood of a perfect human who is Jesus Christ. He's the last sacrifice. He's the last of the bloodletting that should have been ever taken place. Of course, we're still fighting that. And someday Jesus will come and return and, and restore all things to his way. <laughs> and we're still gonna, we're still gonna. There are people. That, I say we. There'll still be people who rebel against them. Oh, I agree. But you know, when we sit here and we say that uh, you know we've all committed sin, maybe not that sin, but then we recognize that to God, sin is sin. That's right. That's going to be a very interesting thing. In, we're supposed to, I think a lot of times all this is in here for us to see parts of us in it. You know, even how, uh, how ugly this story is. But we're all in there somewhere. Um, I mean, not to that degree, but it's written for our, our own um, understanding and not doing, you know, or not being that. And, and hopefully changing the course of, you know, because it is prevalent today in churches and any denominations and any, you know, we just talked about that. Because in the world, I always do that. I look at things like people believe in God, mm -hmm. but they don't believe God. <laughs> yeah, that, there's, there's, some, there's some real truth to that, you know. It's almost <laughs> like the guy in my show, just the last chapter. <laughs> Probably. 
probably. Look at the end of this chapter. We finish up. We got just a few minutes here because I, I want to finish this one. He reaches home. He cuts up the woman into parts and sends her out, her body parts out to all of Israel. Basically, probably sends her to the head of each of each tribe is my guess because there's 12 pieces. I don't even want to think about how you divide a body into 12. But yeah, yeah, there's there's some real. It's like. Yeah, I think this is the piece that I'm going to send to Judah. You know, again, this is the piece I'm going to send to Benjamin. And <laughs> or you know, an arm or a torso or a part of a torso, and it's, and it's just yeah. So, but but look at the yeah, yeah. it's kind of like what, what's the uh, what's the this the the issue like in in uh, the mafia was it they put a horse head in your bed or something like that? I mean, <laughs> yeah so the issue is here look at this this is no this everyone saw it and said such a thing has never been seen or done nor since the day the israelites came up from egypt think about it consider it and tell us what to do What's your response to that? What's your thinking? I'm assuming there was, because otherwise you're going. Yeah. And there was no dry ice at that time. Must have. Body parts. I mean, since everyone that saw it said such a horrible, so I assume it is a body part. That further thinking about what was done to this woman was the horrible crime. Was it? Cutting up the woman. There was probably no. It might have been both. Might have been both. Might have been both. When we get to, you know, they're they're considered. One of the things that I think about is that sometimes, and I'm not saying that, th- that this is wrong because this is a call to arms and Israel response. Um, but think about the fact that today that there are people that, you know, we're, how, how far do you have to go to shock someone into, into saying, hey, we need to do something about this. This is an issue. This needs to be done. And, and isn't it interesting that it seems today that we continue to have to do bigger and bigger things, greater and greater, you know, things to get people's attention. You just can't say, hey, we've got this issue we need to deal with. We've got to do something spectacular to catch your attention and then to, to have them respond, hopefully, appropriately. It united the tribes. Yeah, it did except, unite except the tribes. Yeah, yeah, 11 out of the 12, right? The interesting thing is that since, since the time of Joshua, this is the first time that all of Israel has been united. All of the judges, they never united all of the tribes. This guy is, is portrayed, this, this unknown Levite is portrayed as another person who has a call to arms, only this time the call to arms is against your own people. Civil war is what ends up. So they were willing to go to war because of Benjamin's violation of God's law. That's Specifically, their, their moral indignation, Gibeah, from, and they were willing to basically slaughter this entire tribe for what they've done. Starts so, off with just being just want to slaughter Gibeah, but Benjamin steps in as we get into chapter twenty, 
Benjamin says, no, 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 you can't have Gibeah. We're going to go to war with you. Is the implication that this was a pocket of really bad morals or because the rest of the nation... I think this is a picture of bad morals in general, just that yeah. they got caught. I think they, they all looked in the mirror and decided, you know what, we're... This is not good. You know, I'm sure one elsewhere. You've ever noticed that that often people that speak out against particular subjects, the more they speak out about it, often they're that's one of their problems. <laughs> if you take it one step, I still you can sometimes take this even one step further. Who's the author of this? It's the devil's the author of this because he's trying to to deny God's work. There had to be 12 tribes or something. So he gets all the other group to think about getting rid of the one tribe eventually. Not intentionally, but that's basically it's an interesting, to try to stop to... And we're going to be looking at... Been to try to do that. That's what this... I remember about this... Yeah, yeah no, go, go, on, go for it. This is good. No, I remember one time, I asked a guy one time, this was years ago, before I really came up like the Christ, taught this guy in the truck. that was a Christian, but he was like a lot of people. They knew enough to kind of be saved beyond that. And I said, well, why World War II? Why the Jews? What, where was that? Where was God with all that? He really didn't have an answer. I have a better answer now then, but I'm not sure I have the whole answer. That was basically an attempt to wipe out the Jewish population. Yeah. And God called the whole world to say, that's not going to happen. It's interesting that we, we, we blame... We blame the Jews for a lot of things that they're not guilty of. And, and it's coming back. Yeah. And, it's and it's, it's, it's right. coming back again. You, go, you hear people, you know, wow, this is, I just, I'm living the time seeing that again. Well, the last couple of years, there's the arrogance and It's more prevalent. And I don't want to get political here, yeah, but for heaven's sakes, when you, you're doing a, a rally, I mean, I don't remember ever seen that in any presidential where you've got neo-Nazis, you've got Confederate flags. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's <clears throat> yeah, just like, for us, it's like a nation divide and conquer. How do you get rid of a nation? Divide. Separate and cause more and more interconflict. So we, we struggle with, think of, we're struggling with this. Israel is struggling with this as well all those years ago. Because they're struggling with, with what they perceive as evil. And again, it's their perception of evil because they're probably as guilty as Benjamin is. In different ways, and perhaps in some of the same ways. They have become fully canonized. And so all it takes is somebody to strike a match. And by the way, we'll, we'll discuss this next week. But next week we're going to get up there. There's testimony of one person. What does the law say? When you have, when you judge something, you need two. There are two in this instance. I'll just clue you in. Read chapter twenty. There's no, there's no, there's no witness to this other than the guy. And when you read it, you're going to find out that he puts out what we read in nineteen and what he relates in twenty are totally different. This guy, spin is not something new. Spin is not new. The Levite didn't tell the tribes that he let his He didn't tell them anything. 
Yeah. Just, you know, and, he, and he says that they're going to kill him, and that's why he's all upset. Yeah. And look what they did to my poor concubine. They cut her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They yeah. cut her up. Yeah. I, you're you're going to find this is... Spin has been going on since Adam and Eve. The woman that you gave me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all spin. So today, yeah, the snake. It's the snake. You made the snake. It's in you. So today, as we go through life, um, let's not be like Gibeah in any way, shape, or form. And let's not be like the Levite who says, you know, it's not my problem. I'm going to save my own skin. I'm going to throw somebody else under the bus. Stand up for those that are oppressed. Stand in the gap. Be the person that God expects you to be. Sometimes God expects for us to suffer for righteousness' sake. The problem so often is that we're not willing to do it. Only when it's convenient, you know? Because otherwise, why? Well, you know, I don't want to be bothered. Just like the Samaritan and the, the guy that get, gets beat up, and a priest goes by, a Levite goes by, I'm too busy. You don't know how many times I've gone through something, you see someone broke down on the side of the road, and I'm, I'm headed to, to a church service where I've got to lead. You're going, God, that's just not funny. <laughs> you know, I don't know which is to do because I think I need to be there, but you know, ten second rule. Ten second rule, yeah. Well, by ten seconds, I was way on down the road. But <laughs> and then a few times, then a few times you do stop, and you go, and then then you get, you know, well, how come you're late? Well. <laughs> I'm trying to do what I think God wants me to do. Well, doesn't matter. You're supposed to be here. <laughs> All right, so let's go to let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we uh, we see we see a dark, evil picture in this passage. And too often, when we look too deeply in this passage, we end up seeing ourselves reflected in it. We have a hard time at being righteous. We have a hard time obeying your commands. Sometimes it's because our own self-interest, our own self-worth is more important to us than you and your reputation. So this week, this day, this next hour, help us to live in a way that brings honor and glory to you, that allows us to live a life that reflects who you are and whose we are. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We'll be on 20 next week. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>